A hearty hello and welcome to you. This is the Bar Southeast Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Blevins. Carolina Hurricanes did not have a fruitful effort in the Big Apple on Tuesday night. Tony D'Angelo opened the scoring just a minute and 16 seconds into the first period, but Saku Manalainen would tie things up midway through the frame at one. Mika Zibanejad would then score back-to-back goals, including one off of a misplay from starter Curtis McElhaney. Pavel Bugnevich would then add another in the second period, putting the Rangers up 4-1. to one. Bugnevich would add another in the third period to give the Rangers a 5-1 lead. Menelainen on a tip shot from Rask would score the second goal of the game for Carolina, but it was quickly answered by D'Angelo's second of the game. A rough night for Carolina as they fall in New York to the Rangers 6-2. <laughs> game to cover because this undoubtedly in my mind ends any major success streak for the Carolina Hurricanes and and it should in your mind too Um, but this is one that is what we in the business call a clunker and you kind of felt it coming on for Carolina I expected at some point in this swing of road games that they're going to have between New York and the Western Conference trip. I did not anticipate it being tonight against the Rangers, though. It's so much easier to go out West, get caught up in the minutiae of travel, and then have your clunker period, and that's just not what happened tonight. Um, It was a very, very tough game to watch, Primarily because there were times where it looked like the Hurricanes could have gotten themselves back into the game. And Henrik Lundqvist played well, especially um, stymieing Hurricane forward Warren Fogle. And it's just one of those games that there's not a ton of positives to take out of it other than Sakum and Alainen is playing very solid brand of hockey to this point. And you're going to have to look at that as a positive. The trivia question for you tonight is going to take us all the way back, deep, deep, deep into the annals of Kane's history. And the question is this. Which former NASCAR great and current NASCAR Hall of Famer did an advertisement for the Carolina Hurricanes where he drove a souped-up Zamboni? Which former NASCAR great and current NASCAR Hall of Famer drove a souped-up Zamboni? in a Carolina Hurricanes commercial back in the late 90s. Answer shouldn't surprise you. There are a lot of great racers from the state of North Carolina, but one should stick out to you as uh, a well-known commercial man as well, pitch man as well. Answer coming up for you at the end of the program. Hurricanes fall 6-2 to the Rangers, and just from the outset, the Hurricanes didn't get a good jump in this game, and I think... First of all, it starts with a D'Angelo goal because Curtis McElhaney typically doesn't allow early first period goals. And what we saw tonight, and I hope what this point illustrates is the way a goaltender plays and the way things go between pucks staying out of the net and pucks going in the net can have a dictation on the rest of the hockey game. I don't think Curtis McElhaney played bad. I don't think he played his best, though. And that's 
a pretty fair judgment on what all in all is a game that you are going to throw directly in the round file as soon as you watch a little bit of tape on this. You know, I can't blame McElhaney on the first goal. There was a ton of traffic in front of him, and yes, you'd like for him to be able to reach out and catch the puck and find it through the traffic, and it just didn't happen. And that's the NHL. Goals like that are scored every single night in this league. The one that kills me is the misplay of the puck that leads to Zibanejad's first goal. And the reason that's such a killer is it looked like a non-committal play. It looked like a shaky play coming out to just kind of poke that puck and you put it right in Chris Kreider's skates. He goes over for Mika Zibanejad and boom, there's your goal. 2-1. And things gradually came off the rails from there. That's where it's a, it's a tough rebound to come off of. And I'll tell you this. I don't believe in curse buildings. I don't. I will tell you there is a pretty substantial amount of data to back it up that some teams just have a tougher time in certain buildings. But I don't believe in a curse. The problem is when you go so long without winning in a single building, like the Hurricanes are having some major struggles in Madison Square Garden, it starts to get in everybody's head. And that is where you make those non-committal plays. You turn over the puck in the neutral zone. You're hesitant to go after 50-50 pucks. And that's a pretty major issue in my mind. Um, If you want to look at an example that is perfect, look at North Carolina State's record in Winston-Salem. Pick a sport. I can't tell you why. I don't think Wake Forest is particularly gifted on the football field or on the basketball court. And NC State, who was particularly gifted on the football field and occasionally on the basketball court, can't beat them in Winston-Salem. Just go back and look at the record. I can't tell you why. It's one of those inexplicable things that happens in sports. And it's tough. Because you know, year in, year out, you're going to have to play in in those games in that building. And you want to find a way to win so bad. And the effort just was not fruitful for the Hurricanes tonight. The other thing that I want to take a major gander at is the fact the Carolina Hurricanes went 0 for 3 on both the penalty kill and the power play. The Rangers were 100% on special teams tonight. That's inexcusable. And that's one that pretty directly correlates to the outcome of this hockey game. Not quite. The Canes lost by 4. But right there's 3 goals for a penalty kill unit that has proven itself to be top 10 in the league over the last two, three months, it wasn't there tonight. And that, again, will force you to make hesitant plays. You don't want to go into the corner and grind. You don't want to get your stick out and reaching and playing quality defense because you don't want to put your penalty kill in a compromised position because they were awful tonight. And it's, it's one of those unfortunate realities of the game. Things snowball and build upon each other and the Hurricanes got swept up in a perfect stone, uh, perfect storm of disaster. Plain and simple as that. Carolina does manage to outshoot New York 36-28 in this hockey game. They murdered them in the face-off circle 63% to 36%. Um, one of those games, though, for Carolina, they couldn't get shots through and they got out hit as well. 
New York Rangers took the game to the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes had no fight back. And it's going to get a little old sitting here beating the dead horse over and over and over again. But if you've listened up to this point, let's just go ahead and wrap this game up for what it was. First of all, you need to have better starts. You really don't want to go down by a pair of goals in the first period, especially when one goes in fairly late in the first. You don't want to have that happen. The second thing is, your penalty kill has to show up in the NHL night in, night out. One power play goal goes in, okay. Because there are talented special teams everywhere you go in every NHL building on any given night. But when your penalty kill goes over and you take three penalties, it's a pretty good indicator that you're not going to win that hockey game. And lastly, and this is one that we will see what happens after Friday, whenever you have an effort like this, you then have to respond to it. You've got to own up and face the music. I did not believe the Carolina Hurricanes were going to beat the Nashville Predators. They proved every presupposition about that game completely and utterly wrong. You've got to tip your cap to Sebastian Ajo for what he did in that hockey game and the team as a whole for coming out with a monumental two points to really show where the Carolina Hurricanes are in the fight for these final two playoff spots in the East. You took all that success, and in one fell swoop, you've completely knocked it back down to ground level. So now you're going to have to step up off of the rubble, and you're going to have to do this the hard way. If you could have gotten a win in New York tonight, a win against the Senators, and one win on the Western Road Trip, hits that magic number that we've been talking about. 10 points out of the last 14 prior to the All-Star break. That's going to be considered good. However, now... You've already wasted one of those losses. And you really need to find a way to go 500, if not better, over these next few games. By far the toughest opponent upcoming is going to be the Calgary Flames. There's going to be a lot of high emotion in that game. This is the first time Bill Peters is facing off against his old team. It's the first time that Sebastian Ajo and Justin Falk are seeing their old coach. It's the first time Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin are playing against their former teammates. You're only going to get two cracks at Calgary. And if you want to really take the step and prove to yourself that you can play in big-time hockey games, again, to build confidence as you set yourself up for the next couple of games on that Western swing, you've got to have the Calgary game. Plain and simple as that. You don't want to overlook... The Ottawa Senators, though, and, and we're going to spend a little bit of time here discussing the games. The upcoming schedule for the Hurricanes, home against Ottawa Friday night, on the road against Edmonton on Sunday, Calgary Tuesday, Vancouver Wednesday, and then an entire week off for the All-Star break, unless your name is Sebastian Ajo, in which case you'll be heading to San Jose. The Hurricanes come back from the break on February 1st to take on the Vegas Golden Knights at home. When we lay this out for you, you know the style of game that Edmonton is going to play. Edmonton is content to kind of sit back on it a little bit and let Connor McDavid do the work. And there are other weapons on that team that 
can be potent at times. And they've got a couple of good defensemen. So Edmonton is a good team, but not a great team. Certainly beatable. Calgary's flying high right now. The Calgary Flames so far have hit the home run in the offseason, have brought in the right guys, created the right pieces to be successful. They feel that way. They've played that way. That's the game you want to have on Tuesday. And the Vancouver Canucks are slipping and sliding in, in the West right now. So the obvious games that stand out as games that you should be favored in, games that as long as you go out and you play your brand of hockey, your brand of hockey should be better than the other teams, is going to be Ottawa and Vancouver. Edmonton, to me, is a toss-up. Carolina and Edmonton can slow down the pace a lot and can create low-scoring games. Harken back a couple years ago where Cam Talbot was called into action for the Oilers and was having to play time and time and time again. The Hurricanes won by a final count of 2-1. to one. They'll slow the pace on you a little bit. The Calgary Flames, they're, they're going to be willing to open it up a little bit more. And you know the Bill Peters style, but Calgary is a solid team. Of course, the emotion coming in after that. That's the upcoming schedule for the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's go ahead and visit the standings board, and then we'll go ahead and get you out of here as the Carolina Hurricanes fall to the New York Rangers 6-2 tonight. As we look at the Atlantic, surprise, surprise, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the top of the Atlantic. They are the top of the East. They are the top of the league. I don't think anybody is going to catch Tampa. I, You can pretty much mail it in. They're going to win the President's Trophy. I'm confident in saying that because they're... I don't think that they are a team that is built for failure in the regular season. And they're, to this point, substantially healthy. So if the entry bug bites, maybe then somebody can gain a couple games, but they are cruising in the big guava right now. Toronto behind them in the Atlantic. Boston right behind Toronto at 58 and 57 points, respectively. In the Metropolitan, Columbus leading the way. Columbus coming off of a 4-1 win against New Jersey tonight. The Washington Capitals are tied at the top with them, but have one fewer outright win. They have 59 points as well. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have started to right the ship. They have 56 points. The wild card standings are currently in this order. The Montreal Canadiens have the first wild card at 57 points. The New York Islanders have the second with 56. The Buffalo Sabres with 52. And the Carolina Hurricanes with 49. Now, here's the thing with those two teams. I firmly believe that there are two types of pressures in sports. There's pressure to win from pulling where everybody else ahead of you is winning and you're playing chase, and there is pressure from pushing where everybody behind you is winning and they're pushing you or else you're going to fall. The Hurricanes faced a little bit of that pressure from pushing tonight because the New York Rangers are sitting behind Carolina with 45 points. But other than that, the New Jersey Devils have slipped since a hot start. Red Wings, Panthers, Flyers, Senators... You never want to write anybody off at the All-Star break, but these are hockey teams that right now just don't have the legs to go any type of distance. So, if you draw the line at the Rangers, I think the Rangers are too young and they're going to slip a little bit. So the only pressure the Hurricanes are going to get, ostensibly, is going to be that pulling pressure where they're going to have to keep pace with better teams. In some cases, 
that pressure can be harder because it's tough to make up ground. When you're going with pushing pressure, you control your own destiny. And at this point, the Hurricanes don't. They're going to need a little bit of help. Now, I think if there is any team that is likely to slip, I think the Montreal Canadiens are a little bit fragile. I like the provenness of Barry Trotz. It's hard to say anything bad about the New York Islanders when you look at what they've done to the Hurricanes to this point. But I think the Canadiens are a little bit fragile. So it feels like Montreal, Buffalo, and Carolina are all jockeying for one wild card spot. That's a tough place to be at this point. I mean, everybody else in the Metro, these are the big dogs that we see every year. And it's getting to be kind of ho-hum because you're just kind of waiting for this age of players to move out of Pittsburgh. You're, you're waiting for Washington to falter again. And keep in mind that at the very beginning of this century, Washington and Pittsburgh were very bad. Very bad. And you're seeing now a generational longevity with these hockey teams. Columbus could very well be here to stay for a little while. They have recently come on, and we're talking within the last five years, and and good for them. They've got a solid and proven head coach. They seem to have the players that are going to keep them there. I can tell you it looks like the Hurricanes are on the uptick, but you're going to have to go out and prove it if you're the Carolina Hurricanes. And everybody in the organization, I think, is getting that itch where you want to win now and you see every bit of potential right now. But as we've said before, whenever new ownership takes over, the first full year isn't really meant to have a team make the playoffs. It's meant to take steps in the right direction. I really don't care what happens this entire season. In my opinion, the Carolina Hurricanes have taken a step in the right direction. They've taken multiple steps in the right direction. Last thing we'll talk about, and then we'll get you out of here, and that is what happens as we come back from the All-Star break. The Hurricanes are going to control their own destiny whether or not they're going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. I could see if the winning keeps up, if the Hurricanes can inch closer to Buffalo. I mean, at this point, the Hurricanes are seven points out of a wild card spot. That's three and a half games. That's... A, a very moderate challenge. A very moderate challenge at this point. The bad news about it is you don't get to take on the Islanders again. You've already played a game, or maybe two against Montreal, but you are going to get Buffalo. You are going to get a chance to see them. And, you know, the Hurricanes do have favorable matchups that come down the pipe late in the season, but it's getting to those favorable matchups that can set you up for success in the later stages of the season. I think right now, the Hurricanes are in a position that they could be buyers. And the reason I say that is if you're a buyer at the trade deadline, there is a potential with whoever you get out of a deal that you have the rights to sign that player long term. I think the obvious addition is the Hurricanes need a scoring forward. That's number one. You need a scoring forward because you've got to be able to put pucks in the back of the net. Number two is you want a goaltender that is going to be here long-term as the definite starter. 
The Scott Darling experiment didn't work. And I've got to applaud Rod Brendamore and the ownership group for putting 33 in the AHL. That, that's a step that had to happen. Curtis McElhaney's at 35 years old. Peter Mrazek, you don't really know what's going to happen with him because he's in a one-year deal. If he wants to stay, I think he's played well enough to this point that it warrants an opportunity. But I like what John Forslund said. If you're going to keep him, you've got to get rid of McElhaney. And perhaps the more pertinent thing to do is with a developmental goaltending pipeline that includes Jeremy Helvig in Florida, Callum Booth, and Alex Nadelkovich, the more pertinent thing to do might be let Mrazek walk, sign McElhaney to a one- or two-year deal to be a veteran presence that can come in and play 15 games for you. And either you're going to have one of the aforementioned come up, or that's priority number one of the offseason. In my opinion, I don't think you trade either of them at the deadline, but that's off-season priority number one. Get the scoring forward now. Worry about the goaltending later. The Hurricanes can still be competitive. Despite the result tonight, I think you have to look and extrapolate a large majority of these positives that have been shown over this month, and you're just hoping that the All-Star break doesn't kill momentum. We'll see what happens. Final score tonight, the New York Rangers 6, the Carolina Hurricanes 2. Let's go ahead and give you the answer to the trivia question. Which NASCAR Hall of Famer drove a souped-up Zamboni in a Carolina Hurricanes commercial around the Greensboro Coliseum? Richard Petty, the North Carolina native himself. And I saw that commercial today for the first time in living color. It's something. It's something. If you want to go back and look at... um, It's one of the NASCAR history pages on Twitter. They had posted it yesterday. Really is um, absolutely outstanding. We'll be back on air after the Carolina Hurricanes take on the Ottawa Senators Friday night. Senators are cellar dwellers in the league. The Hurricanes are in need of two points once again. Until next time, I'm your host, Drew Blevins. Hope you enjoy it. (laughs) 